whenever you're ready. People online think people online think you're teaching class. I didn't mean to run you that far off. Yeah, you're fine. That's actually where I taught Wednesday night. Stay out of everybody's way. Good morning. Uh, Steve's not here, so I got I got the video set on just one spot and not using shotgun mics, but I'll try to repeat anything that we talk about to some extent. Um, I say that, but I got no voice either, so we'll fake it. Um, anywho, welcome this morning. We're going to continue our study of the kingdom. Chuck started it last week. Actually, I think I started it the week before. Chuck picked up some Old Testament stuff last week looking at the king, prophecies of the king. Uh, today we're going to look at prophecies of the kingdom. So I'm using his notes. He didn't finish last week, so I'm using his slides, but I've kind of interceded my own stuff. I don't have Chuck here apparently either, so that will be a little different. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So I don't know where we'll go from there, but I think that will probably finish up our Old Testament study and we'll move into what Christ said about the kingdom. So I'm going to start in New Testament because I just said we're doing Old Testament. That's why we do the way we do things. So it was in Hebrews 2, verses 10 through 12. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. So who is he? Christ? It's got to be, right? It's got to be. What clues you got that that's Christ? Well, exist, all things exist through him. Yeah. By him, through him. Uh, so that's it. So he also would be the founder of the salvation um, through suffering. Perfect suffering. This is Jesus. This is who this is. This is he. Adding in verse 11, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. So it continues with the same he, right? Same Jesus, same Christ. Who does he call brothers? And the Greek word for that is Adelphos. And you see brotherly love in that. Now you can see the brother part, I guess. Brotherly love, Philo, add to that. So who does he call brothers? Everyone. You know, it's, it's almost everyone. How about that? It could be everyone. The ones he died for, he died for everyone, right? Yeah. It says he, he sanctifies um, and those who are sanctified. So, yeah, he died for everyone. Not everybody chooses that. So, the brothers would be those who make that decision, right? The brothers that are the ones who put on that salvation. And add in verse 12, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. So who is the congregation? The ecclesia is the Greek word. Us. What's the us? Who is us? Those who believe. believe. Ecclesia is typically known as the called out. I think that's usually how we define it. The church. Rob? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the locus 
The new birth, the second birth, you have to go through. And, and you look at the eunuch, here was a guy that in the Old Testament, he couldn't participate in anything no. in the temple. But what happened when Joseph got in with him? Hey, there's water. And he baptized him. That was radical. That yeah. was completely different from what we see uh, in Christ coming. I think Hebrews goes through that comparing Yeah, the Hebrew says. You know, the, you know, some people say it's just Paul that wrote the book. Uh, uh, it doesn't really matter. The, the point is, whatever the Old Testament doesn't do, that was just a shadow of what this new Testament Yeah, the New Testament. Yeah, the Old Testament was just a shadow with the New Testament revisions. Yeah, it's all different. It goes from a physical kingdom to, to a spiritual kingdom. It all changes, and yeah, right, Hebrews does. It points that out, and it ties back to that. And that's kind of why I'm starting with Hebrews is establishing Christ as the king and then walking backwards is where I'm, where I'm going with it. But you're right. The assembly, uh, this this version, the ESV, uses the word congregation. I know other version, versions use assembly in that same phrase. Um you see assembly referring to Israel too, don't we? Um, especially in the 40 years of wandering, I think they called it assembly. So. Yeah, it's the same word when, when, uh, when they came into Zion on uh, Sinai that when Stephen was given his appointment to the assembly at the mountain, that, that's what came yeah. of assembly. And then you've got the, the, the riot that took place. They didn't even know why they were together, and they called that an assembly. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean a religious gathering. No, just the gathering of one that met an assembly. An assembly. Uh, and the, the Hebrews, uh, they had an idea that they were different from everybody else, and they tried to impose that on the Gentiles. Right. And so we've got that struggle right now in Ephesians every time it comes. That's why, yeah, that's why they tried to do it. Make that you got to go through us to get to that point. And it's all right, and I think in this in this context, congregation. I mean, it's assembly, but it talks about praise. So it's you know it's God's people. It's not just a group of people. It's a group of God's people. So it's just a, it's it's still the same. It's you know like I said, it could be either way, in a different context. But in this context, it's it's the it's basically it's the church. It's what it is. It's what it is. Quote in verse 12 is uh, Psalm 22, 22, and that's where I'm going to flip back to the Old Testament, and that's primarily will be the rest of the lesson. So in Psalm 22, verse 22, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. 
Psalm 22, for those who don't remember, what's to start with, John Fisher? That's right. Okay. Where do we know those words from? He says those on the cross. It's kind of like knowing the first line to a song. This is Psalm 22 tells his story on the cross more than anything. So it starts out, these are Jesus' words, 700 years earlier, roughly. So who is the I in Psalm 22, verse 22? I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. Who is I? It's got to be Jesus, right? So who's the congregation here? Church? Church? This is what we're kind of looking at. The fact that the church is forecast, it's uh, prophesied 700 years earlier. These are clues that the church is going to be there, the kingdom. So this is part of it. Hebrews just references back to this, but this is God's people together. Verses 23 through 24 were added to it. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He has not hidden his face from him, but he but has heard when he cried to him. Who are the offspring of Jacob? It's got it's the Jews. The offspring of Jews. Jacob, that's the bloodline of the Jews, right? So that's the, the bloodline, the physical bloodline of Jacob, is the Jews. So who would be the, glory, the offspring of Israel? And what's the play on words there? Spiritual versus physical. Yeah, because Jacob and Israel are the same guy, right? Different name for him, God's name for Jacob. And Israel really referring to God's people. Um, and in this aspect, Jacob, the offspring of Jacob would be the Jews, the offspring of Israel being the church, would be the Christians. Rob? Um, Isaiah 55 kind of ties in with Jesus not hidden his face. Well, the first couple of verses talk about water and food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God won't do that, but people do. It's it is powerful, like you said, the forgive sin and not bring them back up. I mean, 
people do it, God, each year, and they, they you know, I mean, it's daily for sacrifices, um, things that they rolled that sin forward, payment for it and stuff, to save, oh, I got this. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, Put your panties on you before on there the you go. So you find your car in the parking lot. So who should glorify God? Everybody. Those who are of his people, at least. Uh, those every like everybody should, but at least if you were Yeah, everybody should. But they everybody direct, directly the the Jews should glorify him, the church should glorify him. Um how would God answer, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? According to these verses, which started Psalm 22, how does he answer that like Psalm 24? I mean, verse 24. I haven't hidden my face. I haven't forsaken you. I've heard you. That's what the church is. He heard it from the people. He heard from Christ's cry on the cross. He heard it. And that's what he set up. In verse 25, Psalm 22, From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. So we still got Jesus talking. What is the great congregation? If you didn't know, the, the Greek translation of the word is ecclesia. The Hebrew word is, I'm not even trying to say it, kahal. It's the church. This is how he answers the, have you forsaken me? No. Without the Greek clue, what aspects of the church do you see in this passage? What do you see that describes the church? Yeah, the seekers is a good thing. I like that. Those who seek him. Because it's not a bloodline thing. I don't have to seek out my bloodline. I do have to seek out the spiritual kingdom. What else? Yeah. 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 Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Like that in 26. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Yeah. yeah. I mean, more than, <laughs> more than one. Not just the physical eating and, and drinking. Um, yeah. I, I think even like the, uh, the shepherd with, with the sheep and the goats. Um, and, the, and the comment is. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. It's more than physical. It's more than benevolence. It's that. It's the gospel. It's the like you say the multiple aspects of that gospel that feed and give us, you know, and satisfy us. So I like that. Anything else? How about the vows? Oh, sorry, Rob. 
to get to you. How about vows? Is there any vows with the church? What do we usually consider vows with? Marriage? Just above the 26. We usually consider vows with marriage or promises at least. How about that? But we know the church is the bride of Christ, and we're going to get to more of that. So, Rob? Exactly. We're in a marriage covenant. That's what he always wanted. He didn't want a, a king, an early king. He was the king. He always has had that covenant with us, the vows. Um, it's with him, the church. It's, it's the church. We're going to see that it's the kingdom. This is another name for the, for the church. So, go ahead. God and he does things that way. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. 27, 28, all the ends of the earth shall remember and return to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. How far will the great congregation spread? How far will the church spread? To the ends of the earth. It's flat, so that makes it easy to do, right? We know it's not flat. Don't even, don't even think I'm, I'm pushing that. But yeah, the ends of the earth, it, it's a sphere. So really, realistically, there is no end. So it just keeps going. The and the end comes to the beginning. The alpha is the omega. So yeah. Rob? That's it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's never going to reach the point of fullness. And, the, and there are people that teach that. This is it. This is the all. It's going to go to, it spreads to everywhere. It goes, like you say, it goes forward in time, continues to grow. Who? So it's everybody. It can be, right? It can be. It's all nations. It can be, I mean, it's all time. There are Christians in places that, by penalty of death, they're still Christians. It continues till time's over. Verse 28, for kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. And this is where we start seeing the kingdom prophecy. When we start with the king, I pointed out that the king and the church is Christ, and the Christ is the church. That's where the kingship parts is. The church, ecclesia, is described as a kingdom. So who's the king? It's Christ. Christ is the king of that. Who worships the king? His people. His people do. At the end of time, everybody does. Everybody bows their knee to him, anyways. Verse 29, all the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Who are these people who will worship the king? Who are the prosperous who eat and worship? Well, who are the prosperous of the earth? The New American Standard says the fat people of the earth. That's what it said. It said the fat people. It's like, wow, what's that mean? It's, it's like, the, the, not anymore you don't. No, not anymore. Thanks. But yeah, these are people who are self-sufficient. I take care of myself. I provide. God doesn't provide. At a point, even they worship the God, worship Christ. Even they realize where it all comes from. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who, should not, who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, and he has done it. Who's described in the kingdom as the rest of the passage? The next generation and the next generation. This generation passes away, and like Rob said, through evangelism, it passes down that it'll be more and more. It spreads through time, it spreads through distance. The kingdom will grow that way. It will continue to grow. It will never fill up. It will continue to grow. So you get some of Chuck's notes too. His are in purple. Um, Psalm 45, verses 6 to 11. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And it goes on forever. A scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. All your garments are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia, or cassia, I don't know which it is. Out of ivory palaces, stringed instruments have made you glad. King's daughters are among your noble ladies. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of, from Ophir. Listen, O daughter, give attention and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. Then the king will desire your beauty, because he is your lord. Bow down to him. How long will the king's kingdom last? 
up in verse 6. Forever and ever. How long is that? It's almost an irrelevant question, isn't it? When time ends, does that end? It rolls over anyways, doesn't it? He hands it over to the Father at that point. But so, but yeah, the forever and ever, as long as there's time, it's his kingdom, right? Yeah, at the end of time, there's a n no need of evangelism. Is not affected by time. It'll continue on. God's not affected by time. He's timeless. They're together. Beyond space, beyond time. Omnidimensional. What's the fragrance of his garments remind you of? They're fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. Or is it cassia? Anybody tell me? I'll get it right next time. What's his coat smell like? What's his clothes smell like? Sheep. You know, I like that answer too, to be honest. This is the stuff that, yeah, when he was dead, this is what they did it with, with the myrrh and the aloes and stuff like that. I mean, myrrh is also something they brought with at his birth. I mean, one of the wise men brought, I guess not really at his birth, but this is the gifts, one of the gifts they brought then. And I like the sheep thing, though. Um, I like that question too. I've, I've thought a lot about that. What does God sound like? What's love? What does the love of God sound like or smell like or stuff like that? Psalm 45, 6 through 11. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of uprightness. You have loved uprightness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are, what's the same thing? Uh, verse 9, sorry. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. So the king we've decided is Christ. Who's the queen? The one who's married to the king. They're the vows, all right? 
So it's got to be the church. Church is the queen. Rob? Yeah, sure. God's can God speak? It takes time, you know. Yeah, he's got a back. He can do all kinds of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Verse 10, Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people, your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty since he is your Lord. Bow to him. Where does the queen seem to come from? Forget your people and your father's house. Parts unknown, like the blue cyclone. I threw that in there for Steve. He's a big Bray Stevens fan. Um, the queen is not, yeah, the, the church is from elsewhere, somewhere else. You know, like I said, the Gentiles, the ones who didn't know God is really who the queen is, seems like. Um, and the Jews would fall into that because their original system didn't lead them to see the Messiah. So they would still be from the outside. What advice does the psalmist give the queen? Forget your people. Forget your father's house. Incline your ear. Listen to him. Listen to him. He's your Lord. Bow to him. Good instructions for the church. Forget our background. Forget what the world says. Forget trying to fit in. Listen to God's word. Listen. Bow to him. Give in. I'm not the king. God is. In this case, Christ, the king. Sorry. Don't want to oversee, don't want to oversee that. That's the whole point of this whole lesson is Christ is the king. Psalm 145, 8 through 13. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all and his mercies are over all his works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and the talk of your power to make known to the sons of the men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all the generations. So what kind of a kingdom is established or will be established since this Old Testament? It's everlasting. Last. It's everlasting. What is the duty of the saints of the kingdom? In verse 10 through 12. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. Make known to the children of men Man, your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. What's the duty of the saints? What's the duty of the people of the kingdom? Let 
let others know. Yeah, kingdom's still open. What's that? Yeah, who he is, what he's done. Tell that glory. Tell your story. Tell of his power. Tell of the kingdom is everlasting. What you know? What it provides. What will that do for the kingdom? Keeps it going. Keeps it going and it keeps it growing. That's what it does. It's part of the deal. Daniel 4, verses 1 through 3. Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all peoples, nations, and mens of every language that live in all the earth, may your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. So in Daniel, you got Nebuchadnezzar talking about God's kingdom. Who is Nebuchadnezzar? He was a king. King of what? At the time, you're right. King of the most powerful empire of the world. So, is he? Is he a Jew? Is he a Christian? He recognizes God. Very clear right here. Yeah. Yep. I got your question on there, and I got the verses for that with it. Yeah, you blended yours with mine, and we got a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, this is a guy that, as king, he was also a god of him, in and of himself. But he recognizes and prophesies God's kingdom through God. What event in Nebuchadnezzar's career had just occurred and caused a pagan king to make this declaration about God? And the answer is, it's the... Uh, story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They survived the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar answers and says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered his saints, and trust, who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies, rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks against anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the prince of, province of Babylon. So this is the event that caused Nebuchadnezzar to make a declaration about God, to recognize him, to recognize his kingdom. Um, same guy, Nebuchadnezzar, right? Daniel 7, was that him? I think so. I kept looking at the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he was up to the ancient of days, and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting kingdom which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. Who's the son of man? We know this one, right? You do, because these are your questions. I was thankful to have your questions this morning. Yeah, it's, it's Christ. So it's, we got Nebuchadnezzar talking about Christ and an everlasting kingdom. Who's the ancient of days? Chuck? It's not Nebuchadnezzar. Cyrus? Oh, it's Daniel in the vision. Okay. It's Nebuchadnezzar's vision, but Daniel's talking. Sorry. I didn't look far enough. Rob? 
Very, very strange what some of the stuff they did. But that's what they did. They did. And God was always trying to impress It continues to do today. That idols are dead. I'm the living God. My word is living. I have the living water, the living bread, the food that's going to nourish you. And you got to worship me because all these other pagan gods, they can't save you. They can't. No, they won't have kingdom. They, they don't have any power at all. That's all right. Um. When time and immigration ends, what happens to the kingdom? His dominion is everlasting. Um, let's see, these verses. The Son of Man hands it over to the Ancient of Days. So Christ hands it over to the Father. That's what happens. Daniel 7 25 through 27, he will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the highest one. And he will intend to make alterations in time and in law, and they will give into his hand for a time and times and half a time. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated and destroyed forever. And then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. Who speaks out against the kingdom? Who speaks out against the highest one? It's Satan. Yeah, Satan or the Antichrist, and there are a lot of different variations on Antichrist being the, that which is against Christ in, in, in general. Um, what will that one, guys, what will that person seek to do? What will that they seek to tear down the kingdom. That's what it is. But what happens at the end of time? What happens to them? At the end of time, they become they get put into the lake of fire, as with everything else. It's destroyed. If they're not part of God's kingdom, it'll be destroyed. Rob.
Right outside of Jerusalem. Right there. And so that, that sets the stage for a lot of understanding, a lot of us about Understanding how could it be God's people would actually turn around and kill the very Son of God? I mean, it's crazy. They, they just don't, don't hear and they work against Him. All right, that's my time for today. I, think, I don't think I got too many more slides, is there, Chuck? There are a few. Okay, I'll let Chuck pick up with this next week. I think about the only thing I really picked up was, uh, I'll let you know about that. Anyways, all right, so thanks. We'll be back next week. Um, yeah, Matt's here to preach this morning.